This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Sunlight on the bed sheets. Your eyes looking heavy. Shit shows on the telly. But we don't mind, we don't mind at all. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. That was a little bit of Vanilla Sunday by the beautiful, beautiful Emily Burns there. I am joined today in the studio by somebody I have been incredibly excited to have on this show for a very long time. And I know I say that about quite a few of my guests, but I think the guest that I have today is particularly special to me. He's uh, somebody who is a personal hero of mine and also a long-term friend. So I'm joined by the absolutely wonderful Matthew Todd. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for that. That's something my mum would say. Lovely. <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Well, I actually, I actually kind of wanted to, um, if I mean, if you'll indulge me and if our lovely listeners would indulge me, I kind of wanted to talk about why you are such a hero to me, Ooh. myself. Um, and I guess when I was a, a 16-year-old boy coming out for the first time, I picked up a copy of Attitude magazine for the first time in my life and I read your editor's letter. Um, and instantly I was like, you know, this is the first time I'm reading something, uh, you know, a work of something that's LGBT plus, I guess. And, and just seeing you, I was like, you know, who is this man? This is amazing. And he's speaking to me through this incredible magazine. And I kind of fell in love with Attitude magazine. And then when I was 19 years old, I came to intern for you mm. um, and sat opposite you in your lovely little office when I was just a sprightly young 19 year old, first time Slip in London. <laughs> and then I guess I, you know, I moved to London when I was around 23 years old and I came to some of your talks and saw you speak and, you know, speaking about such important things like HIV and AIDS and speaking about chemsex within the LGBT plus community and things like that. And then in 2016, when you published your book, Straight Jacket, you sent me a copy and that was a time when I was going through a difficult time in my life and receiving that copy from you and you wrote a lovely message on the inside really kind of meant the world to me oh. and now having you here it's like a full circle yeah. moment kind of thing it's 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 such a pleasure to have you on the show oh thanks very much i really appreciate it yeah of course i've so, watched you fly high too my dear. <laughs> <laughs> you know and I, I i think it says a lot about kind of role models you know there, there, there are so many different lgbt plus role models out there and i think it's so important for young people growing up to have those people in their lives and i think you know my example kind of shows the how it can impact a person yeah, I guess as well. I suppose uh, I don't know how old, how old are you. Twenty eight. Twenty eight, babes. You don't need to shove. Sorry, twenty 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 four. Um, sorry, yeah, I, I got to say, yeah, I'm thirty five. <laughs> um, but it's weird because even just in those, even, I mean, you're still young, but um, and I'm still vaguely young. Um, but it's weird, isn't it? Because young people now have so much media, such so much gay mm. LGBT stuff to look at online and. I certainly didn't have anything. I mean, I didn't even know. I, I mean, I thought there were about 100 gay people in the country. I mean, literally, yeah. growing up in the 80s, really, yeah. in the newspapers, that's kind of what they kind of implied, that it was a tiny amount of people. Um, so I suppose maybe like seeing magazines and media like that, even for your generation, mm -hmm. was was still a, a big deal in a way that maybe isn't quite so much now to younger people, though. I, I don't know what their experience is exactly, but... Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Strange. Well, well, I remember, like, even when I when I first came into the Attitude officers, you know, Attitude wasn't an online thing then. Mm. It was still it was still just a print magazine, mm. and I think it had like Attitude Online had like a tiny little blog, but it's, it wasn't the kind of presence that it's become now. You know, it's still this huge does, thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, and I think you know, the internet I feel like has brought representation right into the laps of so many young people. Mm. You know, they can just go online and jump on YouTube or jump on Twitter or you know read an lgbt plus publication it's kind of making it available to people all around the world or you know even in your small uk towns which i think is really important because i think those people weren't quite being reached before yeah yeah it's um yeah it's an amazing thing to think yeah that people the idea now that people can just click on a on 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 twitter and just see you know literally more lgbt people than you could even count if yes. you lived till 100 <laughs> is, is amazing and that thing which I find slightly irritating every Sunday where they do the LGBT hashtag that just trends all over the world because I think oh look at all these young people good for them <laughs> but, but it's still amazing it, I mean it's just like that. that's beyond my comprehension yeah, from when I sure. was that age because like I say I literally 
didn't know there were any gay people anywhere, you know, in my school or even in the, the town I lived in. I lived in near Croydon. And when I, when I went to the youth group I went to and we, we got on the bus to go back to where they held the youth group, which was near my house, I could not believe it because, it, you, I mean, I've met loads of people around my age who literally grew up thinking they were the only gay person in the country, which is kind of horrendous you know it's so isolating and damaging that yeah but i, I mean there, there were times even when i was growing up and I, I, even i felt that you know and i and i think the progress and how far we've come is, in, is incredible I, mm. I i like to think that there's nobody out there no teenagers out there right now who feel like they're literally the only gay person yeah At least I'm i sure like to think the, so yeah i'm sure that's the case you still still sometimes hear from people who are really deeply closeted and you know have committed to not coming out and you know in kind of heterosexual relationships when they're not heterosexual yeah so um there's still stuff going on out there but yeah it is complete i mean it's incomparable to the way it was even 10 years 20 20 years 30 years in my case absolutely <laughs> uh, so let's talk about straight jacket so i absolutely adore this book and i posted on instagram um a few hours ago that you were coming on the show and i I posted a little picture of the book and honestly matthew i've never had so many gays message me like oh my god so excited so many people saying that they're going to tune in because this book genuinely resonated with so so many people and i've recommended this to so many people so many of my friends have picked it up they've recommended it to me and i haven't heard a single bad word about it every single person i know who has read this book has said oh my god this meant so much to me this really really resonated with me and i hope you know that you have kind of reached so many people in that way oh thanks i really appreciate it it's kind of it's it's weird it's kind of overwhelming because you know it was quite a long time ago that i was working on it yeah um and then you finish it and that publishing is goes at a snail's pace it takes months and months and months for them to schedule it and to then for it to come out and you're going through all the proofs and all these different things so it was kind of a while after i wrote it and and i was really nervous about it because i had people telling me you can't say this stuff you can't talk about this it's too controversial i had mm. people in the attitude office saying i shouldn't write about it and really? that young people didn't experience those things anymore and there was no pr- problem i had my friends telling me i had a huge row with one of my best friends who said there's no kind of there's no chemsex problem it's just a few people and they're freaks and don't need, we don't need to worry about it so yeah it's kind of been amazing just you know I, most weeks i get kind of tweets or messages or whatever saying thank you and yeah affected people and which i mean it is i can't i mean it's completely overwhelming but i don't think about it that much because it is just i mean i don't want to get a massive head either but um but but not not in that way because it's not like i've it's not like a it's a film or you know what i mean or i'm a singer or something it's, it's just weird it's weird when you write about something that's so personal and 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 it's also kind of sad as well because in a way i wish people couldn't relate to it i wish people didn't experience that someone met tweeted me last week and said um uh was it this week saying something like you've written the autobiography of every gay man yeah and it's just it it, i mean that's amazing but but also sad it's sad that we go through such similar experiences Mm -hmm. being isolated and and i suppose i still fret you know that i still see lots of um problems you know lots of stuff lots of people you know there was something in i read online about some guy who was bullied i think he was in his 20s and he had a son and he came out after he had us after he had his son and he was bullied at work and he killed himself it's there's terrible. still all that stuff happening there's something in the press actually yesterday i think i read about um uh i hope i'm not saying anything like but not i think an, an, an asian man who was married to a woman who was meet accepts that he was meeting people on grinder and he's on trial for allegedly murdering his wife when she found out oh gosh so, you know there's a yeah. lot of and there's, you know we know I, I still speak to people involved with kind of chemsex work and stuff there's a really big problem still people are still dying i think 5016 street david stewart posted on facebook that they'd lost four people four patients in the last four weeks so there is still a problem i suppose being a bit of a perfectionist i kind of think oh god you know it hasn't the book it has had an effect but it hasn't changed everything and I still meet lots of people who don't know about it, haven't heard about it. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just hope we're going in the right direction of people talking about stuff and and getting help if they if they need it. And I think lots of us. I, I mean, I, I don't think I personally know any one gay person that that I know well that hasn't really struggled or suffered in some way through you know growing up in the way we do yeah so um and and that's not to say it's all miserable and terrible and that people don't get through it because people do get through it but you know some people get through it better than others and and some people don't get through it yeah so um 
Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that we're talking about it. I, th- I, I think what really makes this book incredible is that, you know, it, it, it's, it's a bright yellow book and it says how to be gay and happy on, 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 the, on the front of it. And I think when I first picked it up and I knew it would be, you know, I knew it'd be profound and things because it was written by yourself. Aww. But um, I think when you pick it up, maybe you don't quite realize at first how deep it is going to go and I know that when I first started reading it it felt like almost like a slap around the face but in the best possible way Mm. you know it doesn't it 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 is very much a I don't know if you want to describe it as a self-help book but it is very much a it's offering help and it's offering support and it's offering advice but it's being very very honest about it it's doesn't it doesn't coddle you it doesn't lean away from the kind of nitty gritty details that we that we don't feel comfortable talking about and Mm. i think you know you you talk about some really really um upsetting things in Mm. here you know i i know you talk about um a member of your old team taking their own life i think it was oh yeah Um, yeah and you you know you do talk about cam sex and you do talk about all of these things and Mm. you talk about i left a lot out to be honest with you really yeah i left loads of the really bleak stuff out there's yeah far, there's far more where where that I, came from it's I, I, I shocking feel, really i feel like that the, the, there's like just the right amount in here yeah i mean i was i was actually very angry when i wrote it actually and i think that i'd had a lifetime of coming out uh, well growing up being told that um being gay is terrible it's awful it's immoral you go to hell and you know just everywhere that that's kind of what you heard and there was a there was a, a cartoon i mentioned in the book that was in uh, the sun which showed a, a father having hung his gay son a, ca- a oh cartoon in, in the paper and I, remember, and I remember seeing that when i was about 14 or 15 so you had all these really terrible messages and really depressing messages and suddenly you came out and you suddenly had all these blanket positive messages which of course was much better and had people saying it's okay now which was really important to me and showing me a video of gay pride and showing me gay magazines and saying it's okay there's a community and we'll support each other but then as i went on i realized there were lots of problems too a, a in the fact that lots of people i knew weren't feeling great about themselves I very very early on a, a young friend of mine who would have been about a year younger than me at the time said to me i can swear on here can i yes, yes saying yes, i'm just a piece of shit i'm definitely going to get hiv i'm going to die of aids definitely i'm a piece of shit i deserve it and i remember thinking oh my god that was a real shock to hear someone saying that i just did not know what to say and that was a kind of extreme example. Then, I, you know, with the first time I went to to gay clubs, it wasn't particularly nice. Someone was really, really, really nasty to me. I think one of the very first times I went, um, actually also the first time I went to GAY as well, when it was in the LA2, which doesn't exist now. It's like the ghost of a gay club. <laughs> but well, like, me and my friend tried to chat these guys up and... Um, who were a few years older than us and they were smoking and my friend asked for a light and they were like move away go away speak to somebody else oh gosh yeah there was quite a lot of that kind of stuff going around and no one talked about it talked about it and i talked about it with my friend um and it just felt very isolated like, like we were thinking are we like are we it's like being in the twilight zone like we've got this alternative reality where we can see you know lots of problems but everyone's just saying it's great it's great it's great there are no problems and I think, but you know, I worked my way up at Attitude and eventually became editor. And I just, you know, had known people that had killed themselves and people with, you know, serious drink problems and alcohol problems. And and then I realised I had a drink problem too. So mm-hmm. um, I think by the time I, I I'd gone to counsellors as well and like gay th- counsellors, straight counsellors, and straight ones who I, I love straight people. I just want to say that. But um, <laughs> but like the, the two lovely counsellors I saw at various times, like my twenties and my thirties basically said one the first one said oh, i don't know anything about gay people i mean what's the problem and and then the second one was was uh, just said well people are fine with gay people now so what's there to talk about I mean, she didn't quite say it like that but that was kind of the general gist and i thought i really need to talk to somebody because it feels yeah. like some of the problems i've got are to do with my sexuality actually even though you're not allowed to say that and that was a kind of a taboo and it was eventually when i met this gay therapist who said um, he actually said well of course you're fucked up you're gay and that was a real like, oh my god and like such a, a kind of outrageous thing that you're not allowed to say. And then he went on to explain to me, well, it's not the fact that you are gay. It's the fact that you are gay growing up in this world, which tells you you are worthless and, you know, against God and, you know, will be kicked out of home and all these kind of things. Um, and so, yeah, so by the time I wrote the book, I was just ready for that to explode out of me. A lot of frustration yeah. and years yeah. of anger of kind of seeing, you know, people killing themselves and no one being able to have a discussion about it and to say well maybe there are some some problems that we need to talk about and and problems within gay culture too and i think 
you know there are there are problems in gay culture mm. and um, amongst us we can be really unkind to each other and i'm not perfect you know i'm the same i've got a drink problem etc 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 so just needed to to get that stuff out there mm. there's a there's a there's a particularly um striking section of the book that i remember a, a, a friend bringing up to me before i'd even got there and it's 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 towards the end of the book and it's a part where it's about you know kind of identifying problems that are particularly prevalent amongst gay men for all of the reasons that you outline in the book and there's a there's like a checklist and it's um saying and you and you say in it you know go through this checklist and see if any of these things apply to you and then at the end of the checklist you say you know and if three or more of these things apply to you then you could be, you know, showing signs of m- many of these problems and there may be, you know, you may need to seek help for some of these things. And I remember reaching that checklist after my friend had said, you know, this re- this part of the book really, really impacted me. I remember reading, getting to that checklist and going through it and, 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 and ticking all the things w- without knowing, you know, how many was I supposed to get kind of thing. And just realizing that I ticked off like half the things mm. on the page and... I've said that to a lot of people who've also read this book and they've also said the same thing that they've got into that section in the book and they've gone, yep, that applies to me. Yep, that applies to me. That applies to me. And, you know, you're talking about all kinds of things from like sex to intimacy issues to drugs, alcohol, mental health, um, eating disorders, etc. And just the how prevalent it is amongst gay men is really quite striking. Mm. Um, and one thing I think it's kind of a theme I feel that, that that is running through the book is this, is this, you know, this strive for perfection and, you know, you, you definitely outline some of the reasons why you think, and, you know, professionals think that that might be caused by the kind of growing up and, and feeling isolated from the community. And I just, I'm not even sure what my point is, but <laughs> it's just, it, it, it really, really, it, you know, it, like I was saying, when I first started reading, it, it was like a slap around the face. It was that kind of realization moment of gosh, but there was also something, there was almost like an element of comfort in that because mm. it was like, oh, somebody understands me. Somebody for the first time fully understands me. And not only that, not only do you as the lovely author understand me, but I suddenly realized that I feel like everyone else around me understands me. And I feel like if we just opened up, if we just started talking to one another a little bit more, we might realize that we have a lot more in common than we think. And although those things that we have in common may not be the most positive things, you know, we're kind of in this together and we can we can change things together. And ultimately, I think, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to change the world. So, you know, gay youth, LGBT plus youth aren't growing up into this exact same world, into this exact mm. problems that we're we're seeing displayed time and time again. Thanks, Callum. I appreciate it. Yes. But the, but I think it was kind of it was the book that I was writing to myself in a way to myself yeah. as a younger person, the book that I needed to, to read. And I think when actually the therapist, David Smallwood, when he said that to me about, well, of course, you screwed up, you're gay, uh, you know, explaining why that was such a maybe a similar moment for me because just to have another gay person give me permission to to go there is a link to this because the kind of PC way of kind of saying it's all great being gay is great because we've been told it's awful so mm-hmm. the opposite was the, the reaction was just to be the complete opposite and say it's wonderful it's wonderful it's wonderful and there's no problems so for, so for a gay person to say to me actually there are some problems and actually it's understandable and we can talk about it and maybe work through it and and you can change if mm-hmm. you want to <clears throat> that was a real moment of yeah of, of, it was like a, almost like a second coming out for me just to, to, it was as big as that for me to have somebody say oh god you know to explain it to me to go oh, this is the why you know I can be unpleasant to people sometimes or this is why other people have been unpleasant to me mm. and this is why you know sometimes when you go to gay events and there's that kind of like slightly sneery look that some gay men have with each other you know which is just kind of feeling insecure and you know, as a defense mechanism you know that kind of side eye thing we do with people and totally yeah just to hopefully to start a discussion that maybe we can understand it when people are like that because that's another thing that kind of self-loathing has been so kind of demonized you know when you see these kind of i mean i get it too and i feel it and i have said it myself but when you see these kind of i don't know american homophobic politicians and they're caught with you know a, a male escort or or having sex in the toilet or something and we all just go ha 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 and you know like yeah. condemn them and of course i un- i absolutely understand that because those people do us even more damage but also to understand that kind of thing is that is a traumatized per- gay person or by by person who's grown up being told all these terrible things that we hear being completely shut down and really hating themselves and it comes out in really self-destructive ways and i think you know in a a larger way that's what 
a lot of the problems we have in the world, you know, with people, you know, without getting too uh, existential about it, you know, people being greedy and people being nasty and then, you know, violence and domestic violence and, you know, like toxic masculinity and all these kind of things. It, you know, it, I think all of these things start with not feeling supported and adequate when you're growing up and they come out in different ways for different people. And, and also, you know, straight, although the book is about gay people, these problems are more prevalent in straight people. There's more of them because there are yeah. more straight people in the world. So it's not by any means that gays are having a terrible time <laughs> and straight people are having an amazing time. It's not that all. It's just that, you know, what, why not? When, actually, when I, when I was pitching the book, when my agent was pitching the book, I went to meet one publisher who was really nice. She was really enthusiastic about it. But she was like, why can't you write it for straight people? Why can't you straight people too? And I was like, straight people, love them, have enough bloody books about yes, them. Yeah, can we totally. just have one thing? You know, can I just own my experience and talk yeah. as a gay person to other gay people, other LGBT people? And that really, really... pissed me off um, and was it actually difficult to you know get somebody to say yes we want to publish this book because you know presumably when you were going to the stages of of, you know sending out a book proposal or whatever it was that must have been a hard hard sell because it is such a a deep book it was quite hard it's controversial yeah it was quite hard to get the the first person i sent to an agent when i didn't have an agent who was a gay man who was offended by it, offended by the idea. Um, and then I had kind of was on the verge of giving up, actually, mm. um, because so many people had a negative reaction just to the whole, whole idea of it. Um, and then I was dealing with this, this straight uh, man from work when I was editing Attitude about some, some other client of his that we were working with. And I said, oh, by the way, I've got this idea. What do you think? And he, he just really got it and met up with him. And he was really lovely and really enthusiastic. And then we, he helped me write a pitch. So I wrote this qu- quite in-depth pitch, which you have to do when you're sending out to publishers. And we had a really good, we had a really good response, actually, from the publishers once I had well, done a mm. half-decent pitch, I think. So, um, But, you know, people don't, you know, like, I've had a real hot problem getting into the media. And I really appreciate this conversation, actually, because most people I have been interviewed by are either straight and, like I said, I'm not like, oh, God, that's great. And I just hate <laughs> talking to them. It's not that they just don't get it. They haven't had that experience, so sure. they wouldn't necessarily understand it. Or maybe people who haven't, uh, you know, who don't un- understand exactly what I'm talking about because they deal with, you know, 100 different people every week they're interviewing. So it is, it's nice to talk to somebody who does, who does get it. But yeah, like the, the mainstream media often haven't, uh, have either thought, what, they're, you know, they're quite homophobic, some of them. You yeah. know, they do have their really set agendas and will linger on from, from the 80s and the 90s when gay stuff would never get on, onto the TV. It's not amazing now. So sometimes they're just not interested at all. Other times they think, oh, it's a bit niche. Who'd be, who'd be interested? Even though gay people have families and brothers and sisters and co-workers and friends. And in the, in, back in the day when I was growing up, people wouldn't like make that public. It would all be very hidden. Yes. People are very open about having gay friends and gay family now. And social media has helped with that as well. Um, but but also some that just don't understand it i think people think that's a that's a bit that that can't how can why would that be because the mantra we've had now is that everybody is the same everybody's the same everybody's the same unless everybody is the same but different groups have different experiences if you come from a religious background you'll have a specific experience not necessarily exactly the same as everyone else in that group but there are certain cultures that you you have we all have different cultures you know like even me growing up in south london was different from people in north london so you know your experience growing up and as an lgbt person like you said it's it's amazing to me that so many people say to me oh my god that's like the book is like reading from my diary i went through the same feelings and the same experiences so um I think trying to break through to that idea that actually it's okay to talk about the different experiences that different groups have. It's not homophobic or yeah. unpleasant or whatever because we do, and it's really important that different people have those those discussions. And so you know, it's more diverse out there. I'm rambling now. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Who <laughs> am I? Where am I? <laughs> do you think that some of the pushback that you got initially then was kind of like they almost thought you were generalizing or, or, or stereotyping all gay men and almost like tarnishing everybody with the same brush because i think there is a difficulty there sometimes when we try and look at a group of people and maybe a unique set of experiences they share or a unique set of difficulties that they have to overcome i think that makes sometimes people feel a little bit uncomfortable to actually acknowledge that there that there are some things that that apply to all of us yeah i think there's two things probably that a for anyone whoever you are talking about really painful things 
is is difficult yeah and, and it's kind of uh, without getting into too much depth it is kind of what addiction is about in a way it's about shutting down painful feelings and, and numbing painful experiences so if you've got something terrible that's happened to you i don't know even if you just lost your job or you've been dumped and heartbroken or, or you've had a bereavement or you might have been abused or had really traumatic horrible things happening to you when you're growing up can leave that lingering sense of anxiety or depression or leave you feeling not very good about yourself and so people want to numb those feelings and we and we don't really understand this generally it's not really talked about even in the mainstream you know it's this subconscious way of doing that using alcohol or drugs or porn or sex or gambling and your brain gets used to it and you become addicted so I think when people can sense you're talking about something which really touches that inner wound, mm. that emotional wound, they have an adverse reaction to that. So some people have said to me, oh, I bought your book, but it's on my shelf and I'm too scared to read it. And I, I hear that quite a lot, actually. And people say, well, I haven't bought it because I just don't know if I can face thinking about it. Yeah, I totally. I totally understand that reaction. So th I think I had in the office... I mean, I'm being completely honest. I'm not being nasty. I'm certainly not being nasty. But over the years, attitude, you know, myself included, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And we had a suicide. We've had, you know, people taking drugs. I've seen people asleep on their desks. I've taken drugs. You know, there were lots of, as you'd imagine, a lot of quite damaged people over the years. Not not everybody by any means. There's lots of really, you know, people who, who've done really well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I did see a lot of damage uh, over the 22 years I worked in, in, in the office. So I'm not surprised some of those people didn't want to talk about those things and also the on the other side is that there's also been and i say this in the book there's been a lot of kind of works of art or tv programs or books stories which are negative in fact i'm just writing about this at the moment actually the negative tropes that we saw in films in the 70s and the 80s even lasting a bit longer than that where the gay person was either the, the psycho killer murderer who mm -hmm. killed loads of people or they were someone who would end up being murdered because of their horrible scary life like in the film cruising i don't know if you've seen that film in 1981 I film i think it is yeah. with al pacino uh, about a serial killer killing <laughs> killing gay men and, oh, the, and they get in the leather scene in new york it's a lovely thing gosh. to watch on a sunday afternoon yeah. that got a lot of criticism at the time but there were lots of films that would always showed gayness being very bleak and i think other people ha ha over the years we've all heard gay people bitching and moaning about other gay people which is another taboo that isn't really talked about you know people saying oh everyone's too promiscuous or yeah. why they're like this or i hate camp men or i hate this or i hate that or i don't like lesbians all these different problems that come up so people are used to hearing negative things from gay people about other gay people so i think we're very defensive about that and i, and I get it i understand that because I, I feel that way too you know you don't want to just hear people bitching and moaning about other gay people but actually but it's weird because I, I all the negative stuff i had about the book was before before i wrote the article in attitude that led to the book and people were saying to me oh you might get beaten up on the street for saying such controversial things and i've had no i've had actually none of that i've no, i've, no, I've uh, i don't think i've ever had i had a couple of people say they didn't really like the, the subtitle how to be gay and happy which we've actually changed for the paperback oh interesting but, but okay. that's it but they yeah. weren't like hateful about it and and, and, and uh, all the reactions i've had have been really positive why do you think they didn't like the subtitle do you mm, think you know, like um, they, they go into the book with a different expectation um the one person i remember one person tweeting at me saying it implied that gay people weren't that it was you know that, that almost like it was impossible for gay people you know why should, why, why wouldn't gay people be happy there was that kind of thing it was almost like it was, i mean it's complex it's a very sensitive i mean it's a very striking thing i mean we changed it as well because it kind of makes it sound like it's just a self-help book when it's kind of i think it's part it's memoir yeah. it's part state of the nation it's part self-help um so i I, und I understand that a few people have said they yeah. they're a bit like bristled a little bit i de of that. i definitely think you know the, the way we have had a, talked about this book so far we have kind of talked about it almost as if it is a self-help book but i think my favorite parts of this book are where you draw on quite graphically your own personal experiences and you and you share those and i think again that's another one of the things that makes it quite special and you know it's it, like you said you felt like it was you were like writing to yourself and you, and you very much feel that you very much feel like it's a very intimate conversation and you sharing these stories and every time you would share one of those stories i would you know i'd go oh that reminds me of that time that that thing happened to me so mm. I, well yeah i mean I, I suppose i guess that's why it helps to make it not feel like i'm being judgmental because i don't i don't I never intended to be judgmental i'm not being judgmental but because i went through all of this stuff too and although you know chemsex is not a thing that i've done if it's only because of my age if i had been 15 20 years younger growing up in a generation where chemsex was so readily there and present i probably i can imagine i'm not saying oh yeah i would have tried it yippee but i yeah. I, I, I imagine that would have been you know something that i would have ended up 
ended up doing so you know i talk about the my issues with drink uh with alcohol and you know having compulsive sex which can still be a problem if i'm being honest <laughs> um and it's just constant you know like get, turning up at sexual health clinics convinced i'd caught hiv just because you know i'd had some minor sexual interaction with somebody or whatever so and my you know obsessive thinking about that stuff so i think because i'm saying listen i i, I experienced this too and i still deal with some of this stuff mm. it's not being judgmental you know i've got so many friends that's the sad thing as well that one of the reasons why i wrote the book was because it wasn't like i had to go looking for examples of this it was happening to all of my closest friends yes you know yeah. eating disorders suicide attempts mental illness this that the other you know um, I, th I think that's a really important point, actually, because I think sometimes when we, we when we think about, you know, some of the problems and things that you talk about in this book, we I think the automatic assumption is to kind of look to people who are kind of like down and destitute, for, for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but actually, you know, these are themes that affect the most successful people within gay culture. They they affect literally everybody. Yeah. And you can find them, you know, wherever you go, where you find gay people whether that's, you know, your rich bankers or your, your magazine editors or, you know, whoever it is that you, you see the same problems being exhibited time and time again. And I think that's a really important thing to kind of note. You know, this isn't just some people over there. You know, it's, it's not other people. It's us. Yeah. And, uh, and I think um, what I hope uh, comes through and what I think is important is that um it's this idea that we have of people with well i mean we talk about mental health a lot we don't talk about addiction very much we talk about mental health these days yeah. we don't really talk about addiction we talk about the oh you're not feeling good and you're really depressed go and talk to somebody about it because it's kind of quite clean mm. but actually the nature of real you know really intense mental illness and, and addiction is really horrible and unpleasant and people doing really undignified things and sometimes really bad things and yeah. sometimes illegal things so it's much uh, less kind of safe to talk about it. But I suppose, and, and also I do want to make the point that, you know, you can have problems with some of these issues and come through it. It doesn't mean, you know, that by any means that all gay people are like terrible, addicted, you know, monsters. It's not that, that's not the case at all. I, you know, it's interesting when I look at my closest friends, one of my very best friends uh, had some problems with self-esteem growing up and, you know, maybe struggled a bit, but actually never developed a, any 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 of those serious addictions and actually he's in a really successful loving relationship now and he's really really happy he's got a really nice life he's decided how he wants to live and he lives in a, in a really nice healthy way god i sound really preachy i don't mean it that way i just mean he's enjoying his yeah, life basically yeah. he's not screwing his life up basically like maybe i almost did and lots of my friends have done so there's lots of really happy healthy successful lgbt people but one of the things i think is important that i would have gone into recovery a long time a, a lot earlier if i had known about this stuff and known that you don't have to be say for instance like i mean i'm a recovering alcoholic and now it's on my ba name badge um which I, in a way I, I don't like talking about because it's sounds really terrible because i know when i first met someone who was a recovering alcoholic about 20 years ago and i was like oh my god he's a recovering alcoholic yeah. i called my mum and said can you believe so and so i'm working with is a recovering alcoholic can they be safe can they, are they in the same room as me they may kill me <laughs> um when actually i you know i never drank in the morning um i never sat in a park you know drinking vodka from a paper bag well i might have done when i was about 18 maybe. but <laughs> on the whole i didn't do that you know it wasn't a disaster in in that way for yeah. me. and i think that's the picture we have of ad addiction that it's this you know it's literally people who are homeless on the street and a lot of those people are, are actually you know that's the kind of almost the end game the end game is death actually with, with addiction but a lot of those people are, are do have addiction problems but for me it just was that most nights i was ending up in a bar getting drunk and you know then on to gaydar and ending up with dangerous places mm. or dangerous people at my flat um so that was the problem for me, and I think it I, I just it's really frustrates me that we don't talk about addiction far more. I mean, I, I you know, addiction only becomes addiction because you're in denial about it being a problem; otherwise, it right. would never happen. Okay. So I think we're all actually, as a society, we're in denial about addiction. Even you see it in the discussion about um, those gaming machines at the moment that the government are yeah. meant to be banning and haven't haven't done it yet. You know, people say, "Oh, it's your own fault." You know, just walk away. But actually, these machines are really engineered to pull in people who do have a compulsive personality and people end up losing thousands and thousands of pounds they you know they get into debt they lose their homes people kill themselves because of it yeah it's terrible, so it's a really terrible. serious problem addiction and i just don't think it's understood by wider society mm. at all 
if, yammering on. No, 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 no. It's, it's very, very interesting. I could listen to you speak about this all day, Matthew. Um, the one thing I did want to ask you is that if you had the opportunity to, you know, write this again or change it, is there anything that you would do differently? I know that the paperback came out and you added a little bit extra. I'd make it uh, a musical. <laughs> be songs. Well, you... Did, did, I, Oh, I don't know if I can say that or not. There's something happening with this book. Am I allowed oh, yeah, to say? Oh, yeah, 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 I can say. Yeah, I'm doing a one-man show about it. So, t- so there t- will be songs in that, t- actually. Tell me, tell me about that. So how is this going to translate onto the stage? Well, I used to do stand-up comedy years ago, back in the day. Um, and um, I stopped doing it because I was drinking too much. Yeah. And also, like Hannah Gadsby, I don't know if you've seen yes, her yes, show. Yes, yes, we went she, to see she, Nanette. Yeah, it's yeah, great, it's amazing. When she talks about um, how do, doing comedy for her was about kind of uh, inviting people to take the piss out of her, to laugh at her. Yeah. And I think so many gay comedians do that. I certainly did it. I'd go, mm. I'd go on stage, and go, "Oh, look at me! I'm a silly gay!" And then everyone go, "Ah, ha, 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 ha!" They'd all laugh their heads off because that's what they're, they're used to. That kind of, "Oh, look at me! I'm a silly queen!" You know, that, yeah. that they're, they're used to that kind of comedy. And we, we, I'm not, ju- ain't judging anybody because I did it myself for a long time. But I just thought, after all, I cannot do this. It feels really humiliating just yeah, going absolutely. on stage and doing this night after night after night. So I stopped doing it. Um, but I, I really want to go back to doing it. I really miss it. And I, I just want to do a show about it. And I'm yeah writing lots of things at the moment. It's, so. it's, it's, it's really, really exciting. And I will I will absolutely be there in the front Thanks, row dude. When, <laughs> when that happens. Um, let's have a little bit of music. Let's go to a little bit. Iron of- Maiden. Uh, absolutely not, Matthew. <laughs> this is a bit of Paper Love by Ali X. Boobar Radio presents Harriet Rose. You're very warm welcome to Nina Las Vegas. This American vlog posted last Friday and I and they just posted a whole bunch of males that put out music on Twitter. And they're like, great day for music, like Tiesto, Weethan, like you know, all these kind of big white <laughs> males in yeah. EDM. And it was like 10. And they wrote, who did we miss? And I just couldn't help. I was like, you miss women. If you want to be a male DJ or, you know, identify as male and get on a lineup with 10 other males, enjoy your fucking night. Because to me, that sounds like like a jock horror film so if you want that cool every thursday harriet rose from 4 p.m fubar radio i want to talk about sex matthew oh very shortly we are going to be reacting to our lovely listeners sex confessions um so if you are listening and you want to send any in last minute you can do that by emailing callum at fubar radio Dot com. But before we jump into that, I, I wanted to ask you, I feel like with the, and again, it, it, it definitely links back to um, your book. I think sometimes, I don't want to say gay people are more in tune with their sexuality or more free and open about talking about it. But I think sometimes that like the rest of the world is almost afraid to talk about sex. And I think also a lot of the time there's like a, you know, a lot of straight people out there almost don't realise what kind of goes on in our, in our communities sometimes. And there's what a little smirk there. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I mean, like, obviously, like, I'm I, I'm not saying this in a positive way, but, you know, even going to things like chemsex parties, you know, I used to work for an HIV charity and, you know, chemsex was something that we talked about and discussed a lot of the time. And, you know, I'd want to, I wanted to talk about my work with my friends and my family and I'd, you know, I'd bring up chemsex with my parents, for instance. And I know they were of a different generation, but they would have literally no idea mm. about it. And it's almost this idea of, you know, it's gone on from since the dawn of time, I'm sure, this whole, you know, it's, it's fine if you're gay as long as you do it behind closed doors. And we've always kept those, all of those things behind closed doors. But I sometimes wonder, like, would the world benefit if we all talked a little bit more about it? If a straight person picked up straight jacket and read through and kind of understood all the things that gay people face, I guess... You know, would it would it help? Would it make the world a better place if we had a little bit more understanding? I honestly don't know, because on one hand, I think it's really important that people talk about sexuality. But as I've gotten older, I also think it's important that it's kind of in an appropriate way. You know, like I do have 
I think when we grow up, because we are defined by other people by by sex, you know, it's all that backs against the walls, bummers, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's so about anal sex and and asses, basically. We're literally defined by that. So if you, so if you're a heterosexual man or or a girl, you could have a quite gentle sexuality. You mm. can just be someone who you know, I don't know, someone who's quite coy that might date occasionally. That someone that doesn't sleep with lots of people. You know, your sexuality is just there and it's gentle. Whereas if you're gay, it's this kind of very huge, overwhelming. I'm, it's almost like I'm telling the whole world I like bum sex. It's that kind of thing. So you're you're defined by it. So I think it's very hard for us to have a balanced relationship with with sexuality because it's mm. it's been used to shame us. I think a lot of us, you know, it might be a bit sound a bit difficult to say, but you know, you know, when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, I was turned on by the idea of gay sex, but also ashamed of it because yeah. I, you, I wasn't meant to be thinking that way. So yeah, I think it's really hard. I mean, yeah, I, I think that I mean, that's an amazing thing about actually the 80s, that as, as horrendous as, as HIV and AIDS were, the, the, the gay community and also the lesbian community who really supported gay men at that time, which people don't really know yeah, about. Yeah, it was totally. amazing. Um, really did talk about sex. And, you know, we were really, really hot on condom use and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that is a that is a good thing. But then sometimes I think, I, I do want straight people to read the book. I want people to understand. But then I also think, some of the things that go on are really intense and quite dark and mm. i don't know if you know is it appropriate for the whole of the world to know about will it be used against us is that will it be used against you, us yeah, yeah that's one thing actually people worried about with the book saying you're talking about these things which we don't want straight people to know about because mm. they're going to be homophobic yeah because of it so it's really complicated it's it's really 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 com complex the, the the obsession you were saying you know about like anal sex for instance is really interesting because you know from a very young age i feel like all the almost insults and things used around being gay are all you know rooted in anal sex you know people call you a bum boy or mm. an ass bandit or you know all of all of these names and it's all it's just this obsession with anal sex and i think there is that kind of intrinsic link like people see anal sex and and homosexuality as being synonymous which well, i think i think i mean if you go on apps you know grinder or whatever i think you know we, I, you can see the way we've internalized that as well the way that people define themselves yeah. as tops Top -bottom. and bottoms they're like yeah. you know back in the day in my day you know it might be a conversation you, you might have what are you into rather than I'm a top. I'm a bottom. I'm a bottom looking for this. I'm it's this, that, and the other. In. I'm just like I'm serving these people. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 really like you know, turbo fueled mm. sexuality. I don't I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Matthew, but it, it was while you were still editor at Attitude Magazine. It was actually an article in Attitude that I read about uh, being aside a, a gay man who doesn't enjoy anal sex. That actually made me realise that I personally don't enjoy anal sex and, and before that i had literally no idea and that was because people just weren't talking about it and w it was this you know this kind of uh you know it being synonymous being gay and anal sex being synonymous mm. um made me re you know it made me think that there was something wrong with me because i i didn't want to have mm. anal sex and you know you, you reading that article and seeing it for the first time made me realize I, oh this is valid you know my sexuality was valid just because it wasn't boxed into this and i do think it's quite heteronormative you know this idea yeah. of you need to take the penis and you need to put it in a hole and that's the only way that sex is valid and you know that's offensive to lesbians it's offensive to heterosexual couples who want to have anal sex it's you know it, it, it's offensive to so many different groups yeah ultimately you you do what you want to do and what feels good for you and if you have a relationship with yourself and it's healthy etc etc i mean to be, uh, uh, even that term i remember that it was joe court who wrote that article about with that, about that, that that word side that yeah. i think he invented but even even that word i kind of feel like i don't need it you don't need do, a word sure. don't need a word to that you know yeah. why do we need it? like it's like it's not if you're a top or you're bottom or you're versatile or whatever like that doesn't define you. You're mm. you are whoever Who you, you are. are. It's so. I mean, I don't know. Do straight people do that? Maybe they do. I, I don't think they do. But I can't imagine like women saying, you know, <laughs> I'm a this kind of woman. And I, you know, like yeah. I am this. I am that. It's like, well, you're whoever you are. You're a human being. You've got interests. You've got that. You might be. You know, if you. Do, I know that if you're just talking about sex, that's not the thing. But it's just so. Um, objectifying and i know it can be really hot to be objectified <laughs> like i know um, oh, i'm kidding i'm kidding see there's my low self-esteem going oh no look at me no one's interested in me but, but, but it, can, that, it can be really hot to objectify somebody or to be objectified but in a consensual ultimately way. 
you know to have a real sense of yourself you are not an object yeah we are not objects we're bit we're not objects yeah well we say it all the time and you you know i think i've even i, I definitely have been guilty of doing this in the past you know you see somebody oh yeah that guy over there's a bottom and all that that guy's clear and i've never do it under, all the time yeah, and, it's, never, and it's horrible I've, yeah, I have, I have one friend that I always think of. Just literally, it's just for, oh, I bet he's the bottom. I bet he's the top. Yeah, he's the top. all he's the time. It's like, it's like, oh my god! You, and ultimately, it's meaningless because you, 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 I mean, how can you tell what? It's like saying, oh, I bet yeah. he's a vegetarian. I mean, how would you, how would you know? <laughs> you, you, you can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell that. Some things you can. Mm. <laughs> um, let's let's move on to some of our lovely sex confessions. So, thank you so much to everybody who has sent one in. Um, Matthew, would you like to read out the first one for me? I was going to say the second one caught my... Oh, read the second one, you know, <laughs> take your the pick. the first one I saw. Take your pick. There's someone saying, had sex with a much older woman who was obsessed with my anus. Ah, very relevant. I mean, what do you say to that? <laughs> she, she had no interest in vaginal penetration and licked my butthole like it contained a fucking mystery prize. As a straight guy, I had never experienced this before, but loved it. That soundbite's going to come back to haunt me. It I can is. Tell I'm, one I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I promise we won't cut it out of context. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, but, I, but that is so relevant to the conversation we were just having. You know, it's it's. It, and, and sometimes I feel like sexuality of gay people or just like LGBT people or people in general, you know, talking about it and kind of breaking away from those heteronormative ideas. Yeah, I think it, it. I think it helps everyone. I think it benefits everyone. Actually, I think what is really true is something I have noticed over the last twenty years is the difference in straight men. Actually, that um, I'm not someone who thinks that you know all straight men are secretly gay. I don't think that. Oh. Yeah. And I think that's actually just really disrespectful to, to people totally. to, to, to say that. But I have noticed that the that the men straight men have become far more open they're not you know back when i was growing up it was literally like the worst thing you could be called and so that fueled a lot of it was like self-perpetuating fueled a lot of homophobia because men were constantly trying to prove you know to make sure you know that i'm not like that yeah that's against the walls that kind of thing and i think some men are still like that but lots more straight men are, are really open I, I have got straight friends who've talked about having i mean i'm saying like it's something really shocking who have had you know gay experiences and stuff and it's not this kind of shameful thing that it was in the past so yeah i, I think i think peter satchel said this that the, just the liberation of gay people has has, has you know to some degree helped liberate everybody else everybody well. i yeah absolutely that i remember when i was i was still quite young at the time i must have only been around 18 or 19 or something and a boy who had quite violently bullied me in school you know beaten me up called me names you know the whole shebang um I saw him out in a bar and to be honest seeing him was a, even then it was a little bit intimidating you know this is the guy that used to physically hurt me mm. um, and he approached me and we started having a conversation and the fact that my sexuality came into conversation um, and he started then opening up about and you know he wasn't gay he was he was straight mm. but all he wanted to open up about was the fact that he enjoyed anal sex and he was saying you know that he likes kind of like anal masturbation and, and things like that and he's really interested in like trying like pegging and stuff with his girlfriend um and he I have really, no idea really what pegging is pegging i have is... heard about it you don't have to tell me <laughs> i have i have i have heard about it but i need to, um, to google it we'll, we'll preserve your innocence yeah absolutely um, but you know he and, and suddenly he felt comfortable and i felt like you know is, is is this why he was lashing out all those years was he really lashing out because he liked something that was taboo and considered gay even though it's not gay to enjoy anal sex not no, gay at all i mean i mean straight people have yeah anuses don't they they do indeed and you know um a lot of men have prostates so yeah that's how you find out if somebody's gay. Do they have an anus? They're a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, mean, I, I think actually in this country we have a really weird relationship with sex. It, like, it's funny when I think about the 80s, like, you know, you had the news of the world on the Sunday, so you'd have this very prurient kind of sex is wrong, sex is bad, we must never ever talk about it. I mean, I never saw a penis on TV. You yeah. did not see a penis. Yeah. You didn't see them in films, didn't see them on TV. It was almost like, you know, they didn't exist. It was such an absolute, certainly an erect penis was considered to be the most shocking thing yeah. in the world. They're still not allowed on TV, are they? Uh, no, I don't penises? think they're allowed on TV, but but um, I, I think, yeah, just th then you'd have the kind of news of the world stories about kind of a sexy scandal of such and such cheating and like this condemnatory story on the front page to sell newspapers and inside you'd open up and you'd be like blow by blow, literally, you know, like, <laughs> then they did this, then she removed her saucy underwear, like yeah. Condemning it, but yeah. also titillating at the same time. We we do have a, a really weird relationship with sex, and I think uh, the narrative, kind of like Madonna for me, was the person in the nineties with that sex book that was like, you know, talk about sex. But I also think that can have a, a, a negative side to it too, because actually I have learned as I've gotten older, and I don't always put it into practice that actually sex does have an effect on you, and who you have sex with does have an effect on you, and actually 
you know, it's okay to say, you know, I would prefer to have sex with somebody that I love where I can feel like they're not just going to walk out the door as mm. soon as it's over. So it's, it's really complicated. And I think that's the next kind of kind of thing to look at, you know, just how, how it does affect us. And it, is, doesn't, it doesn't have to be either sex is bad or just have tons of sex with everybody at every opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can yeah. be something in the middle, maybe. Totally. Well, uh, that is actually a, a, a wonderful note to end on. That actually brings us right up to the end of the show. Can I just quickly say about climate change? I was about to ask you to, Amazing. yeah, I know you really want to talk about climate change. If anyone change, follows so. me on Twitter or whatever, will think I'm crazy and obsessed with it. But three, I have been concerned about it for a long time, but three weeks ago, the UN's IPCC uh, group, which is the highest scientific body in cl- on climate science, said we have uh, 18 months to take emergency global action or we, the planet will be in crisis by 2040. That's 20 years. That's I, not I've far got away. kids in my life. You'll be 48. And it's all very well to care. To care. I mean, I do, of course, I care about LGBT stuff. I have done all my life and I will continue to. But there's no point campaigning for any of this stuff unless we sort this, yeah. this planet out. And no one else is going to do it. And I do feel this is now a responsibility on all of us, like you know the civil rights movement you know for black people, like the suffragette movement to get women the vote, like Stonewall, which was a riot. I'm not saying people should riot, but there's this new group, Extinction Rebellion, and you need to check it out and read about it. Um, I think it's rebellion.earth is the slightly strange website um, address. But this is a fight now, and it's beyond everything. And I say to the producers, and I say to the listeners, I say to you, to all of us, it's this is life and death now, mm. and it's mental talking about it. Yeah, I mean, don't make use that word in an offensive way, but you know, it's bigger than all of us, and totally. we have to face it and stop it now. Otherwise, you know, look, we've got the, the fires in America at the moment this year. We've had the hot, temperatures broken all over the world, Africa, Japan. Yeah. You know, we are in deep, 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 deep shit. And it's our fault if we don't do something about it. We, so, we've been told we have to do something about it. So what can we do? Well, I think that governments aren't doing enough. They've been 30 years. They've not done enough. And I think this group, this direct action group, they're, they're having a big demonstration on Sunday. They're breaking some older people, normal people, regular people with kids and grandchildren are willing to go to prison. I'm not saying everyone should do that. Mm. But people are willing to break the law peacefully and go to prison to get this onto the front covers of the newspapers as it should be because the day after that report came out three weeks ago it was just strictly come dancing on the covers of the newspapers and that is so fucked it's untrue so we really need to all of us wake up otherwise we won't be able to blame it on anybody else sorry no sorry sorry to bring the levels down (laughs) right at the end but it's i'm scared shitless yeah no totally shitless i really am genuinely terrified and i think people really need to to wake the fuck up because gay rights feminism you know the right you know the the things we've done to 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 you know to break racism down those none, things are going to go out the window none as, of it matters if look, we can't yeah, yeah look what's happening a bit of stress in the world donald trump gets elected brexit happens yeah. you've got this guy this right-wing guy in brazil we really need to address it otherwise we're all in deep shit and you know everyone can think oh it's somebody else's problem he's talking crap we can see it. You know, it's, it's November. It's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow yeah. in November. It's not meant to be 60 degrees in November. So what was that website again? Rebellion. Rebellion.earth. Okay, I will definitely check that out. And Thanks. Our Extinction Rebellion. I love well. you. Um, and I, I, I know you wanted to end on climate change, but I just one more time. Thank straight you. jacket. Incredible book. Do thank go and check much. it out. Um, and thank you again, Matthew. You've been a star. Um, thank you. going to leave you with a little bit of Superfruit. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.